0: Welcome to a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and we're not actually going to be diving that deep into anything this week. Um, We are both on vacation, myself and Nick, and uh, so instead of your regular scheduled episode throughout this week, we are putting out all of our Patreon bonus content into, uh, we're compiling them into single episodes, We'll have a couple random reviews episodes and a couple pilot projections episodes throughout the week. Um, every day there should be a new episode so you can go back and listen to some of the things we did on Patreon now that the Patreon is closed. Um, so stay tuned. Take a listen. They're just going to run back to back to back. And then uh, there will be another one tomorrow with um, you know different episodes that we did. So take a listen. If you like what you hear, um, there will be more in a day or so. Stay classy. Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon exclusive. Once a month, we review a random movie released in that month between 1975
1: and 2015.
0: Right, we've got a great, I don't know, we've got a movie for you this week on our random review, and it's not the movie we planned. Uh, do you remember what the movie we planned was?
1: I do not. I kind of purged that I from my memory. It, yeah,
0: I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find in my notes here. I probably should have done this ahead of time.
1: A lot of he noise said, here. He says a movie, but this is a pretty good movie.
0: I enjoyed it. So the it's movie, movie. We, the movie we didn't do was Maxi because we oh, couldn't find yeah. it anywhere. So instead we ran the randomizer again and landed on 2011's Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Wait, okay,
1: just the title. Fucked me up from the get go, because I kept saying salmon fishing in Yemen, and it's like, why is it salmon fishing in the Yemen? Is it not a country? Is it like a rainforest? A like what's going?
0: Or like uh, a, it's like a, a region.
1: Like no, Yemen is a country.
0: Okay. I don't know. But yeah, that's I'm, what I'm that- no geography master. Well, I mean, I just. And I also I haven't don't. gone to lawyer school, so there, I mean, there's a lot about me.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ,
0: Calvin. That's a a callback to something that's going to happen on Monday. Ooh, buddy. So this movie stars Ian McGregor. Fantastic. Emily Blunt. Fantastic. And uh, it's even got Varys from Game of Thrones in there. Con Hill With fucking hair. Yeah, with hair. um, Really weird look.
1: Really weird look. Almost unrecognizable at first. And I was like, no,
0: yeah. I I was like, that dude looks familiar. He sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on it.
1: And that's and it. He, he gave it's like a cheeky various. look and it's like it's very yep. yep.
0: I think uh, it was like his third line of the movie, like he gave this look at the screen and you were like, Oh yeah, now I get it.
1: So dude, so it was it was really odd to uh kind of see him and Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, uh kind of bounce off each other. That was really weird because I honestly I had no idea Ewan McGregor was Scottish until this movie. I had to is look he? it up.
0: Yeah. I mean his name's McGregor. Probably yeah, should have found I mean, that.
1: I had no idea, dude, and I, I was like, man, his accent is really good. Like, yeah, I, we hit the Scottish <laughs> accent is he's so really well. so <laughs> good. And then I look, it's like, oh, sure enough, he's fucking
0: Scottish. Guess we probably should have known that. But we're not professionals. We just learn shit as we go. Uh, so the plot of this film is that they want to introduce salmon and the sport of salmon fishing to the Yemen region or country or river basin, whatever it is, um, to help improve the Anglo-Yemeni relations. Um, And basically, this is a plot by a super rich sheik uh, who Emily Blunt's, the company she works for, like he's one of their clients and they handle his money or something. I don't really know what she does, but she works for him in some capacity.
1: She works for like an investment firm type deal. And
0: and And, he's one of their clients.
1: And this is his project. Like this is his dream project to bring like you said anglo culture to the yemeni region as well as like i don't know a better quality of life like he wants to transform the region starting with this you know area where salmon fishing becomes abundant he wants to turn it more tropical and help his people out
0: i don't know if tropical is the right word but like lush greener you know because it, a lot of desert area in the yemen so lots they, of green they plants wanna... and water yeah, they want to bring in some some real plants and shit. And I don't know. Ian McGregor, I guess, is a salmon expert or something. He's like a f- writes for a magazine, or he's a researcher. Does something it, with fish.
1: He's a he's like a fly fishing enthusiast who is a professor in salmonology yeah salmonology He's, that's it that's what i'm going with
0: yeah he, basically he says it can't be done because it's emily blunt's task as working for this rich guy to figure out how to make this happen because rich guy loves fishing wants to do it in his homeland but salmon are not native to the yemen so he, he like really loves He tests fishing. her with figuring out how to get it done she contacts ian mcgregor to see if it can be done and off we go yeah yeah, Except I mean, he, he says it can't be done
1: well he he kind of you know not very enthusiastically throws out fifty million dollars or some shit like that yeah, really and, super high number, yeah, and they come back like two minutes later and it's like, oh yeah cool and well, there's like a there's like That's a government
0: want? parliament subplot where they're pushing them into doing it because they think it'll get them votes or something like that the prime minister's like, personal odd. assistant is thrown in there to like just to I think without that. It would have just ended at him saying, No, it can't be done. But because, like, this woman's in there pushing the firm he works for, of like, Oh, this will help us for whatever the fuck reason they think it'll help them. She, he gets kind of pushed into it and, you know, he throws out this crazy number and she agrees to it. Yeah,
1: I, I think Parliament's like trying to get in with the sheik or some shit. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, know then, I,
0: he... I know at one point they, they're they concerned about the, like, the two million fishermen who live in the UK and could potentially vote for the Prime Minister.
1: That's yeah. that's in there. If they take their their salmon, they're gonna get super pissed. Yeah, and they didn't think about that though. We won't fucking vote for you, bro. You take our fish? Never. I guess English people are super specific about their salmon. No had no idea.
0: The thing I like most about the dynamic between uh, Emily Blunt and Ewan McGregor is she keeps calling him Dr. Jones. And it just made me feel like I was in the most dull indiana jones movie ever like if
1: when indiana jones retired and became like a a a salmon, a,
0: a salmon expert yeah
1: yeah no a salmon enthusiast because <laughs> he she just
0: keeps calling him dr jones and she sounds like short round at times because i wasn't like i was working i wasn't paying full attention to it i had like my side eye on it and i just hear dr jones
1: confuse me I mean, every time they they played off each other really well they like, did
0: They they had great chemistry
1: Not not long after uh, recently the new what is it Doctor Sleep trailer came out with Ewan McGregor and it makes me think of that every time I you know Doctor Jones every time she says that oh dude it looks intense it looks intense as shit
0: but as you said Ewan McGregor keeps I don't know any of the characters names in this so I'm just gonna call him by the actors names Uh, Emily Blunt's
1: Harriet that's right
0: and he's Doctor Jones obviously. So Doctor Jones. Jones throws out all these outlandish requests, you know, fifty million dollars or whatever it was. We got, we need ten thousand fish. We need to get the, we need to get dam experts flown in from China or Japan, wherever they just built yeah, a huge China, dam. the, the best that's right, that's dam right. in the world. China. And so uh, they've got to come in, and you know she speaks a little Mandarin, so she can communicate with them.
1: That scene was fucking hilarious. It was just like, oh my God, there's cue cards somewhere, and I know she's oh, looking, shit. but she's trying. I like it
0: yeah she did her best there um it, this movie also this was a thing that started happening right around this time they do a lot of like emailing and texting on the screen
1: yeah they did that, in that a lot always, of love movies that always
0: really bothered me like back then but like it's kind of grown on me now because like i get it that you have to like this is the way people communicate now and you have to show them communicating you can't just like Point the camera at a at an email on a screen for 30 seconds to give everyone a chance to read it. So like I, it. I I'm always kind of interested in it now to see how they pull off the different text and email animations.
1: It, yeah, it's always curious to see. It's better than the zoomed in look of like their eyeball reflecting the text message, and you're like,
0: well, and you're trying what? to like squint and read it, yeah. Exactly. Pause it for a second. It's like fuck, this
1: is live action.
0: And we find out later that Ewan McGregor's character, Dr. Jones, has invented a type of fly for fly fishing. So that makes him, like, really super popular in the fly fishing circles.
1: Oh, yeah. The Sheik has a boner for him now. He's like, oh, absolutely. yes.
0: Not it, it, the only one with a boner for him, though. Let's just no. say
1: that. Well, let me let me throw this out. Well, his wife doesn't have a boner for him. That's for that's sure. That's
0: very true. So Ewan that's So that's oh. something I didn't like about this movie. This movie did not need a romance subplot between Ewan McGregor and Emily Blunt. Didn't need it. Like, they could have no. just worked together, solved the problems that they solved. Everything could have went just the same without them being in love. She could have had her boyfriend. He could have, like, he could have just been happy with his wife. Like, I get it because every movie has to have a romantic subplot for whatever reason. But if if I were to advocate for a movie not having a romantic subplot, it would be this one. Like, they, they can just be there. Like, we need to see representation of platonic male-female relationships in movies.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I agree to a certain extent, just, you made a good point, though, it's, they they need to have that romantic subplot, I guess, and I mean, this this movie did not appeal to very many people, I'm just I, gonna throw that out there. I don't
0: know who else has actually seen it besides us.
1: Uh, Ewan McGregor's mom, Emily, I mean, uh, John Krasinski's watched it a few times, you know, he fucking hates it, <laughs> but I, I don't know why they couldn't have, even if they had to have, like, a subplot kind of like that. Instead of him falling in love, which they fall in love in the end,
0: why don't they just I don't know, bang and move on? Or that, like mean, thats that's the other part of it too. Is she has this boyfriend who's a soldier? He goes MIA uh, on a mission. Like for months. Do we need that? Like it's super inconsequential. He like why does he need to go MIA and they think he's dead and everything like that? Like.
1: Why does he He, need to exist? They're dating for like three fucking weeks.
0: Right. He's dating for three weeks. And and like, I get it. She's she's upset. But at the same time, she's not because like she didn't know him that well. And why couldn't it just be that he ghosted her or whatever? Like there could have been a million different reasons why that relationship didn't work out. I don't know that he has to be a soldier and go MIA. Anything could have happened in that situation that could have spurned her off of him and into the arms of married Ewan McGregor.
1: Yeah, and vice versa.
0: Or he didn't even need to exist.
1: I, I'm kind of going with not existing. Is that he was just, dis- I mean, he was a special forces op who made a relationship, and I don't know, I think that's silly when folks like that do that. Um, one of those short, t- you know, developing some over three weeks, and then bouncing, like, wait for me,
0: because yeah, he straight up asked
1: her to wait for him. That's and super it's like, shitty. That's selfish as fuck, man. I think I have Come a on. note on that actually yeah i made sure to put that down in all caps like this dude is an asswipe, and so it i don't know it was really clunky both those aspects were super clunky about this
0: all right so in the end uh emily blanton even like i keep saying like a lot and I'm, i gotta cut down on that but that's not for right now anyway dude comes back soldier dude comes back uh, the press secretary brings her to this job site where Ewan McGregor and Emily Blunt are starting to fall in love because Ewan McGregor and his wife are now separated for some reason. I barely explain it. Doesn't matter. He comes back. The press secretary for the prime minister brings him straight to Emily Blunt without warning her and just, like, surprises the shit out of her, which is a really, really shitty move.
1: Wasn't that, like, right after Ewan McGregor talked to Jones? Uh... Confessed his love for he her. Kind
0: of, yeah, he confessed to her, but she didn't. She didn't reciprocate right away. She said, "There's a world where that can happen. I'm just not there yet." Because as far as she knew, her last boyfriend had died, and she just like she hadn't fully she's moved on. She's still grieving, yet. for exactly. sure. And that's fine. But then Prime Minister Lady brings dude over, surprises her. Really, should he move there? And now she's like torn, and she doesn't know what to do. And she eventually breaks up with the boyfriend, but. It's very hard for her because this reunion was televised and everybody was so happy for them. And it gave this big boost to the the salmon fishing project that this reunion happened in accordance with that. So now she's like stuck in this relationship that she doesn't want to be in because it was – this is going to be a terrible, terrible reference. But it's like in The Hunger Games when uh, – Katniss and PETA have to stay together, even though they don't actually like each other. But they confessed their love for each other in front of all of the Hunger Games world. So they kind of had to have that forced relationship still. It's the same thing with Emily Blunt here.
1: Yeah. it.
0: Any Hunger it was, Games fans? Shout out?
1: Yeah, Hunger Games,
0: Cat Piss, ever Never Clean. Gotta love her. So I back like to my books. original point. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of them. I didn't read the books, but the movies just – I felt like through the all four of them that there was so much story missing that I oh, didn't understand. And like I'm asking my wife, what's going on? Who are these people? Why do they matter? What is this? What is that? Like there's so much world building that was completely left out that you could just tell. And I wasn't interested enough in it to go read the books. Like once I found out I was missing things in Game of Thrones, it was interesting enough to send me to the books. Hunger Games didn't do that. Yeah, they're They're a decent read. Anyway, back to my original point about Soldier Dude. He comes back.
1: Malnourished. Let me say that. He looks skinny as shit. I don't think
0: he should be upset that she dumps him at this point. I know, like, he says she kept him going as he was missing in action and, and fighting through all this stuff. The thought of her kept him going. But honestly, dude, it's been three weeks. Like, you only knew her for three weeks. And it wasn't like they had known each other for a while and only been officially dating for three weeks. Their first date was three weeks before he left on his deployment. So Seriously. in that three weeks, they they only slept together once, and they probably didn't spend that much time together in those three weeks. They probably spent a
1: total of like fifteen to twenty hours tops, because people are fucking busy, dude. You know right. what I mean? I
0: these are these tri- are
1: grown adults with real jobs and things to do. Well, in a special ops soldier, you know they they're constantly training. They probably have zero to no civilian life. Right. So it's
0: she kept and, him going, but that's not her fault. She didn't well, ask no. him to do that.
1: And for him to say that, it's just like, dude, you are selfish as hell. If you're a guy like that, check yourself, son.
0: It's, it's There's there's a very bad stigma, or at least in my mind, around military men. And they they almost set traps for women, right? Because women like the man in uniform, right? And you, you have this trap, like you alluded to before, of you find this girl and then you go overseas or do whatever you do. And it's a wait for me, or it's, we got to get married. Now we got to dive into this relationship head first, because I don't know how long it's going to like, I don't know how long I'm going to last. And then the dude goes overseas and the woman's just left here by herself. Or, I mean, I I'm sure it happens vice versa with women in the military as well, or it can. So I'm not trying to be sexist here. It's just the way I've seen. It's mostly been men in the military with civilian women.
1: Knock them out first, and then dip them.
0: And then, yeah, and then they come back and expect the the wife to just accept everything that the husband's been through. But the wife's also had her own struggles, probably, and like it's it's a very bad situation for both parties because the wife ha- is not prepared in any way to support what the husband needs at this point, and he expects her to. The husband is in no way. Able to support what the wife needs at this time, which is a loving and caring person to be there now who, you know, may or may not be scarred from whatever they just experienced. And it's like, I just, I went to college for a year around a military base and I saw it with a lot of the girls in my school uh, because there was the military base. So it was either college kids or military base guys. And the ones that would date the military base guys, it was just like hot and heavy as soon as fucking possible. Let's do everything jump steps you know we're 19 let's get married because i've got to deploy soon and let's do this and that and then you'll wait for me and i'm just like why why are you putting yourself through that
1: yeah it's a trip man i saw a lot of that in high school
0: it's and and the woman wants to do it sometimes because if he does die that's a huge insurance payout yeah it's like well yeah so like you have a, a woman sitting behind like almost hoping That their husband is dying or like there there's just so much that goes into it that it's like I I don't know, like there's a part of me that wishes that it weren't allowed. Like if you're if you're in your first four years of your military, you're not allowed to be married. Or get
1: married. That'd be a tough rule to pass. Yeah, it would be very tough. Ban trans people from
0: in the true. military, they can do a whole lot more than that. I don't I don't think it's an actually logical thing to do, or it actually should be done, but like there there should be some research into that because it is there is this trap around the military lifestyle, I feel like, and the relationships within that.
1: And you kind of see that full frontal on this movie for sure.
0: Yeah, they they definitely hint at it. Anyway, the Sheik is there. He's trying to get Emily and Ewan to bone the entire time.
1: He's and a his, G. Let me yeah. say that, man. This Sheik is cool as Fuck. I would love to hang out with him. He's awesome. But yeah, he has, he, like, he's assassins seen like coming after him, do. too. Yeah,
0: so that was another thing that I didn't think we need. Do we need the evil fucking guys trying to kill the Sheik?
1: Yeah, they're they're pissed because he's trying to bring the Anglo Saxon-type shit to they're, their they're region. Just,
0: he's destroying their uh, culture. habitat and their culture. Right.
1: But, I don't know, they send an assassin with a gun but and Obi McGregor stro- comes oh, out.
0: And fucking fishes whips, the dude. <laughs> just flash the, the shit out of him. Gets him
1: in the cheek. in it in the cheek? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, he fucking is he's like thirty yards away and just nails him in the face. I just think enough farther for him to miss. Yeah.
0: Nails him in the face, guy misses. I think he still gets shot, but not a critical wound at this point. And just like you, you saw every bit of Obi Wan Kenobi right there.
1: Loved it. It was that was amazing. When they did that, I was like, okay, this movie is just bananas. This is bananas.
0: Exactly. Just going through my notes here. Dude came back. We're kind of jumping around a lot, so i got to find our place. How long did this project take?
1: Do we know? six months, I want to say. It took a while. I'm I'm okay
0: with that. I I think that's believable because at times it seems like it's all going really fast, and then at other times it seems like, well, this should be taking three fucking years.
1: Yeah, I I think it just kind of... Shit ebbs and flows, but it seemed about six months because no one really aged, like no one's hair really got longer or anything. You know, normally movies kind of pay attention to that, but the dude was somewhat emaciated and had been gone for a while. So it's like eh, six months sounded about right. I don't think they ever explicitly
0: said either. No, they, they definitely strayed away from that and purposefully. And then so the project has come to a close. They've got their fish. They've got their dam built everything's ready to go and the terrorists fucking kill the security guard at the dam blow up the dam water floods everywhere cgi fish die left and right ewan (laughs) mcgregor and the sheik almost die so is the moral of the story in this movie that the terrorists win it kind of seemed like it i I know they're gonna try
1: again that that fish popped out of the water So, I mean, some of them survived, so it's like, oh, God. They're going to try
0: again. Ewan and Emily are in love. Like, I get it, but really, I I think the terrorists won.
1: Well, I think they're trying to, I don't know. Honestly, it felt like they are trying to sugarcoat living in a war-torn region where terrorists can just blow up a several million dollar facility. I'm talking at least 50 million. Plus, I mean, that 50 million for their project, plus the dam he built, had to have been at least 500 million dollars. That shit was
0: huge one of the funny there were some funny parts you know put in here and there and one of the funniest parts that i took a note on was uh when the the press secretary she's talking about you know reaching out to the fishermen and uh trying to get their votes or trying to get them to agree to to send the ten thousand fish or whatever one of the guys says fishermen are more unreasonable than al-qaeda
1: <laughs> very the, the uk
0: fishermen are more unreasonable than al-qaeda
1: when it comes to apparently and they really they made a big deal of that fuck no and that p the prime minister lady was really kind of weird like that was another thing it it did and then need. they kept
0: going to like these scenes at her house where she's interacting with her kids that were just like they're almost world building scenes but at the same time the like world didn't need to be built yeah the the world didn't need to be built like we don't need to know that she has a kid who plays xbox
1: yeah, I mean, well, she's like nice to her kid, but otherwise, that's, she's yeah, kind of cutthroat. She's and, a good mom. Yeah, and she says fuck and stuff like that. Like there's random f bombs throughout the movie, mostly by her. But it's like, I don't. What are you setting up a goddamn trilogy? What is it going to be? Bass fishing in the Iraq, or you know, crappy fishing in the Japan or some shit. What is going on?
0: I like, I like the idea of the uh the fishing franchise. <laughs> the Fishing in Random-Ass Places franchise. I like that.
1: Let's build it. Catfish fishing in the in Louisiana. <laughs> in the Louisiana. The Bayou. That sounds so much better. They, they got that on Discovery Channel already, I'm sure. sure.
0: Yeah. Noodling, they call it. Yeah, That's with their hands? Like, just stick their arms in there, yeah. Fuck that, dude. Nope. No, no way. No, I'm good. The, the movie can be summarized best as a love letter to f- fishing and fly fishing. That's how I would summarize it. I, yeah, that because is like it's, it's very loving towards the art and the sport of fishing and how it's so peaceful and yada 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 blah blah blah.
1: They they take it super seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. And but, the movie does. And the movie does a good job of pointing that out that there are people that take fishing that seriously, and are out there.
1: Yeah, we should
0: respect them. I guess very good, very nice. So here's probably the most important question. Do you like fishing or fly fishing? Are you a fisherman? Nope. I I've, I've used to
1: fish it. when I was a kid, and I'd get so pissed because my dad would catch you know six, seven fish, and I'd catch nothing. And he would just sit there like, hi, sucker.
0: <laughs> Where I and... grew up, we had a lot of lakes around. And my dad had like a little fishing boat, and we had jet skis and all that stuff. So there's a lot of water sports going on. I hated fishing. It is fishing so, is so boring. fucking boring. So boring. Like it's I get how like peaceful and you're in nature and all that, but like you're not moving. You're not doing anything. Maybe you've got a snack.
1: And <laughs> Maybe then, you've got a snack. If you're old enough, you can drink beer.
0: And then and fish is hot. fucking disgusting. I don't I don't even want the prize. I want nothing to do with a fish. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to look at it. Stay no, in the fucking lake.
1: Well, it's all sticky and
0: Man, this wasn't just... a good movie for us to do
1: i don't know they die so fast there's this guy that used to work for me and he goes out to like around us uh it's kind of a gross lake i mean they have pulled several dead bodies out of it nice. but anyways yeah pretty sweet but they he, he goes out there and he fishes every weekend and he eats the fish throughout the week and it's Ugh. just like oh my god he heated up in the
0: office the- microwave
1: no. Well, he would take it and he'd throw it on the dashboard because it's it was lawn care. So he would throw it on the dashboard of a truck. So the truck would just stink oh, like motherfuckers. And, That's awful. Oh my god. And he was just you know when people take too All much right, fish oil, want,
0: like no, nah, I can't do it. This is gross. <laughs> Let's move on. Final thoughts on the movie.
1: Thumbs up. <laughs> I give it a I give it a three out of five. On the Nick Richardson rating scale.
0: Well, we we rate out of ten here, so you're gonna have to convert that.
1: A six out of ten.
0: <laughs> nice, good math. We know math here. I gave it I gave it a six point six out of ten. Just just enough to round it up to a seven. It was enjoyable. It was completely inconsequential, but it was enjoyable. I will give it that.
1: Yeah, it had a lot of unnecessary shit in there. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was it was an okay one. I would never once again I would was, I would probably watch it again with my wife like mm. on a really boring night drinking boring a hot night, cocoa.
0: Background movie, something like that, I'm good with. Definitely definitely a background movie. Yeah, it's my not biggest you would... complaint is that all of the tension Between Emily and Ewan McGregor, their relationship tension, uh, the terrorist subplot, it felt super forced and unnecessary. As we talked about when we covered those parts, they just didn't seem like they needed them. Like the, the movie would have been just as good if neither of those things happened. And I don't know that this movie needed a villain. It was kind of a unique story with a really good cast. And it just like get out of here with that forced tension of the terrorists that show up for barely two scenes and the love story that's barely three scenes. Like, it's just, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, I I agree. And I think it was kind of... If they just succeed with the dam, the movie is still exactly the same. We don't need the terrorists to destroy it.
1: Yeah, they could have failed some other way. Like, I mean, a structural failure is much more logical.
0: They could have just not failed. And if you still want... Emily, you want to fall in love, then you say we did this, we accomplished this, and they they fall into each other's arms. And but. <laughs> yeah, and the sheik watches because he was super into
1: that dude. He was weird, and he had this like dagger on his. I mean, super super unnecessary. Like it would never work in real life. But I don't know. I no, got but I feel like, like I this feel like that's true in life.
0: Of He's funky, a sheik like that, like. Some rich dude like that would have a dope-ass dagger at all times.
1: Yeah, they would speak perfect
0: English as well. Well, that's probably not a good point. But this is something that the forced tension and the way, like, there had to be a villain, there had to be a love story. This is something that the studio A24 gets right, which is, like, Amazon's indie studio, that movies don't have to end at the end. Some can just, like, tell you about a thing that happens or happened. And then you assume the characters just go on with their lives. So all of the movies that I've watched, mid-90s is one of them. American Honey is one of them. Uh, Moonlight is one of them. Like they don't actually have this big gigantic climax and ending. It's just like telling the story of the characters' lives. And at the end of it, you're just assuming that they're moving out, Like the next step of their life is happening. Mm-hmm. They wake up the next day and the same thing happens. So, like, th- this could have been one of those movies. It didn't need, a, oh, now we're in love, we're going to oh. stay here and, and rebuild this thing because it got destroyed. Like, why couldn't it have just so- worked and moved on? That's kind of... I don't know. I, I completely agree. That's all we've got for the salmon fishing in Yemen. Stay tuned for more of the Fishing in Random Ass Places franchise. We'll be hitting all of them.
1: Yeah, we're going to... We're wish riding that, was a that along with Fast yeah. uh, 10, wasn't it? Fast 10. Fast 10-year 10 10 seatbelts.
0: So we've got it. We've got a lot on our plates, uh, screenwriting wise, but you know, we, we can handle it. We do. It's, uh, it's time to pick next month's movie. Sweet. Let's do it, dude. We've got 605 potential movies for October that were released between 1975 and 2015. Let's generate 259. Good number. Love it. Terrible number, actually. Oh God! Puss in Boots. That was a uh, movie. movie? Yeah, of the Shrek extended universe. Okay. Six point six on IMDb. Ninety minutes long. Two thousand eleven. Director Chris Miller.
1: Sounds great. I'm up for that.
0: Yeah. I I don't. I don't have any Shrek extended universe. I've only watched the main four continuity of the Shrek Shrek Shrekiverse. So I'm excited.
1: Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm down. Plus, Post we've, got, a, plus we've got an
0: upcoming uh special episode also about Shrek coming in November, so, you know, we'll lock down on the Shrek stuff soon. Lock the fuck down.
1: All right. I'm excited. I'm really excited. That sounds great, actually. First, first movie, I'm like, okay, sweet. I'll watch it with my daughter, and she'll have a great time.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know if they'll have a good. See, my daughter won't watch it with me because in their, um, in their school, they name all the classrooms after cartoon characters, right? Mm. -hmm. It's Mickey Mouse, Cat in the Hat. Uh, she's in Donald Duck right now, but Puss in Boots. They just called it Boots.
1: Let me just say that's like, that's like the cutest thing ever. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but they don't just call it puss. They call it puss and boots at least. Otherwise, it'd be super inappropriate. That would but be. um, the puss and boots class, uh, when in her three-year-old class when she was in, I believe it was Cat in the Hat, the puss and boots class was like the timeout class. Like you went, you went to boots if you were bad. Like you went over there for two minutes or whatever, and then came back into the normal class. So she's like deathly afraid of that classroom, of the boots classroom. So I don't know if I can sell this to her as like, hey, it's a funny movie about a cat. I don't know that she'll be down for that. Like we were playing, we were pretending playing school the other day, and uh, like she wasn't listening to whoever was the teacher. It was me or my other daughter. She wasn't listening. I was like, "Oh, if you don't listen, you're gonna have to go to boots." And she legitimately broke down crying. Like I don't <laughs> want. It. Like we're just pretending we're in our house. There's no boots around. She's like, "I don't want to have to go." I said, no, no, "No, it's okay. It's okay." So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sell her on this, but we'll we'll sure try. She's
1: like, "It's a kitty." <laughs>
0: My my other daughter will definitely watch it with me because she loves cats. So she'll watch it, and then maybe uh, so? the older one will jump in on it as she sees more of it. Hopefully. So, all right, that's it. Thank you for being a patron to Faith and Fish.
1: To Faith and Fish, and Yemen.
0: Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Welcome to a podcast about somethings, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Once a month we review a random movie released in that month between 1975
1: and 2015.
0: Okay, this month we watched the classic animated film from DreamWorks Pictures, Puss in Boots, 2011.
1: I don't. I don't know if you could call it a classic.
0: No. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> no. true.
1: No, Starring so.
0: Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek, Zach Galifianakis, Billy Bob Thornton, and Amy Sedaris, which I don't really know who Amy Sedaris is, but I've heard her name before, and her voice sounded very familiar. She was Jill of the uh, Jack and Jill. Which I thought it was
1: Billy Bob Thornton was Jack. Right. um uh, yep. You know, obviously Antonio Banderas is this poo is puss puss. <laughs> Goddamn! Fuck he that boots. movie. <laughs> and uh Zach Galifianakis was god Humpty Dumpty, and I could not place yeah. his name
0: the whole fucking movie. You couldn't place Humpty Dumpty's name or Zach or, Galifianakis.
1: I couldn't place Zach Galifianakis like the, like the his, voice his was voice. so familiar. Yeah.
0: I went I went straight to IMDb um when I started watching, so like I knew. I had it. I had the cast list because I was not going to guess them. And I, I was sick the whole time, so I'm like, I'm not sitting here trying to think about this. Like, just tell me who these people are. So, that helped.
1: Just give me the information, man.
0: Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't about that life of like, no, nah, let me, let me suss this out on my own.
1: See, I was just, I couldn't help myself because I was sitting there, I'm like, what the
0: fuck am I watching? This movie is bananas. So did you know that it took place in the Shrek universe? Yes. Okay. Because you've obviously seen Shrek 2. Yes. I didn't know going into this if it was before or after we see him in Shrek 2. Um, I'm guessing after watching it that it was before. Because I think he would have talked about Shrek, and he did.
1: I mean, you kind of have to talk about Shrek.
0: He's a character.
1: But it, I, I think you're right. I think it happened before, considering... Uh, you know, it talks about how he goes on to do great things and all that good shit.
0: Does he though? I mean, I don't really remember his role in Trek two, but I don't was it greatness either. <laughs> or was it just like he was there? He was I pretty much just there. So do you There's... know? Yeah, it. I I don't. Anyway, do you know the real Puss in Boots fairy tale?
1: I do not. I did not Neither realize that was an actual fucking fairy tale.
0: I mean. It's it's a thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the story behind it is. I mean, maybe he was an orphan who saved a woman from a bull and got his boots. I I don't know. I've never actually consumed it in any way other than this movie. So I'm just gonna have to assume that this is this is what happened.
1: It's out there, especially yeah. because he's also best friends with Humpty Dumpty.
0: Right. That's true. I that that I did know. That goes way back. Everyone knows that.
1: Yeah, um, but if you know, I'm just a dumb dumb idiot.
0: yeah, if you know the real origin of put put some boots and where that story actually comes from, hit us on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore because we'd love to know. And we would. We don't, we don't really want to go research it for ourselves.
1: I don't. I don't really want to spend any more time on this movie. Um, it was it was decent to add to like the Shrek universe. Uh, it, it was kind of
0: yeah, it that, that would have
1: been better as like a 30 minute episode.
0: Yeah, awesome. like, they do, those, TV um, yeah, they do those little, like, holiday special kind of things. Like, that would have been fine.
1: That would have been great, actually. Throw, Just the, not throw a, him into a holiday and... special.
0: Because, like, I've watched, yeah, you're good the, to go. I've watched the Toy Story and the Frozen holiday specials with my kids. And they're, like, very loosely related to the holiday that they're based on. Like, the Toy Story Christmas one, it's, like, the day after Christmas. And they go to their friend's house and are playing with their friends bonnie's friends new toys and they're these these dinosaurs who are trying to take over the world of toys in bonnie's friend's house um because he doesn't want to play with them because he's got a video game obviously uh that has (laughs) nothing to do with christmas so i think you could have done puss in boots in that same fashion
1: that would have been awesome because it had nothing to do with shrek and it while it was good and it, I guess, added to the lore of the Shrek universe. It just felt really out of place. And I, yeah, I, I,
0: I missed. I, I was really hoping there'd be a Shrek or Donkey cameo somewhere in there. There wasn't. um, So that kind of took away from it. Maybe even Gingerbread Man, Pinocchio, one of those guys. Any anyway. Some kind of interconnectivity. Right. Besides Puss. Um, yeah. And, but I will say, as it being part of a larger Shrek world, the Shrek movies do a really good job of stuffing all of these like references and easter eggs to fairy tales and fairy tale lore without like really beating you over the head with it and making it overwhelming and this movie did continue that like there's all these little things like the golden goose that lays the golden egg is is just kind of there and each each thing that's going on is a reference to a fairy tale usually jack and jill are the the quote-unquote villains and you know, there's there's all these just little things that, that it's very good, and, and it's not like, I don't know, when I first watched the first season of Gotham, it was like, let's stuff as much stuff as we can to say, hey guys, this is Batman, remember? Cause, uh, and it just like beat you over the head with, hey, remember it's Batman, remember it's Batman, remember it's Batman. And this doesn't like feel like that when it's throwing all this stuff at you.
1: No, and it, none of the it definitely
0: doesn't.
1: Do. No, well, I mean, that's half the fun of it you know, the gingerbread man, the gingerbread man, just, what I found weird though, I fucking love him, what I found weird, and part of that goes back to how it just kind of fell out of place for me, and my my wife actually pointed it out to me, and it's nurse, it's not fairy tales in Puss in Boots, it's nursery rhymes, so like, all the characters involved are from nursery rhymes instead of fairy tales like, you know, the big bad wolf, and that was a great point, and I was just like... Great point, huh. next wife. Yeah, Melissa, you are very smart. Way because I felt like it, um, I was so just the,
0: sitting there like, what is going on? So the plot revolves around <laughs> Puss in Boots, tries to decide, or tries to steal magic beans from Jack and Jill with the help of Kitty Softpaws and his old best friend Humpty Dumpty, who they had a falling out one day because Puss in Boots left him stranded. And then they get the magic beans, the beanstalk goes up, and they're trying to get themselves a golden egg. And instead of getting a golden egg, they steal the whole fucking golden goose. And... bump, bum, bum! Golden chick. Bam, bam, bam. And the whole time there's a $500 reward, or... Not $500, just $500 reward. Um, yeah, no no like monetary value $500 total. what? $500 anything. Um, so, because he... May have committed some crimes in his old hometown where he was an orphan and lived in the orphanage with Humpty Dumpty. Uh, so like it's all really cool, but then we get we get the twist.
1: The twist was just like I saw that coming a mile of fucking way.
0: Yeah, well, so you see it coming like you, the whole time. Humpty Dumpty is actually out to get Puss in Boots because he betrayed him long, not betrayed him, but just kind of left him hanging. Um, so he's he's out to get Big Puss in Boots. Yeah. And there's a lot of situations where Puss in Boots is trying to do things, and he's, you know, walking around in his little boots and with his sword and shit, and like I'm just like, dude, take the boots off and be a cat, and nobody'll even notice you.
1: Well, too often he kind of like goes in a cat mode, but it's in the middle. It's, I it's felt just in it dumb situations.
0: Well, oh that well, that was, I, mean, I I know what you're saying. Like when he laps up the milk, and uh, there's another one that he did.
1: Yeah, he's like uh, flying through the air, fucking. Dancing cha cha and karate chopping people and shit, and then he just grabs a glass of milk and he's like, oh, he starts just chasing a and light He keeps flying the, and the it a lot calls, of that or... shines
0: a light, and he. I kind of liked that. though Those parts kind of made me laugh a little bit, where he's like doing his thing and then just like reverts to his basic cat instincts and he can't help himself. I kind of like yeah. that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I could see how it's annoying also from, I don't know, a real adult. Which no, I don't, just... I don't claim myself to be.
1: When I have the Shrek 2 puss in boots, where he's, he doesn't necessarily do that all the time, but it felt like mm-hmm. it happened a lot more in this movie, or maybe just because it was an hour and 30 minutes, I noticed it a lot more, that and he be. was front and center. But there were times where I fucking
0: I laughed my ass off over when he was in. There were actual real laughs in this, which is. Oh, I didn't expect. Very odd. Very odd shit going down to make me laugh. Going into it, I also thought this was going to be kind of an origin story. And we get his origin. They take about 20 minutes in the middle of the movie to give us his origin. and just drug drag on forever. Yeah, so when they put it in the middle of the movie, it felt like it took forever. But also, like, just make that the whole movie then. You know? Like, just give us the whole origin movie or give us the, like, very Reader's Digest. Give us the two-minute version, not the 20-minute version of it.
1: They spend way too much time on it. Like, they really wanted you to understand how close him and Humpty Dumpty were, right. and that they were super orphans.
0: Well, and it was Humpty Dumpty's dream his whole life to get the beans and get the magic beanstalk and get one of the golden goose eggs.
1: Yeah, which, cool dream. I mean, make all that money, I guess. Fuck it.
0: So here's a cool kind of Easter egg that probably I'm the only person maybe in the world besides Zach Alphanacus, that noticed it. Um, this is the second time in a movie that is not Fight Club that he has referenced the rules of Fight Club. Because he says the first rule of whatever Magic Bean Hunting is we don't talk about Magic Bean Hunting. And he says the second rule is of Magic Bean Hunting is still we don't talk about Magic Bean Hunting. Whatever his thing was. But that's the second time he's done that in a movie. The other movie is one of my favorites, Out Cold, when he's ex- describing the rules of King of the Mountain, we do not talk about King of the Mountain. So just Zach Galifianakis huh. out there shouting out Fight Club left and right. In a Puss in Boots movie. Well, he probably thought he could get away with it in repeating the same joke in Puss in Boots because I'm the only person that's seen out cold. <laughs> yeah, he's like, shout out to Calvin H. Yeah. but at
1: the, I mean, there was a lot of kind of adult stuff in that, I, I guess. Very uh, mm-hmm. sexually suggestive dancing. Provocative. It was it was fucking weird. I don't know, man. Like, there was all kinds of just super odd shit. Like, when they're in the bar, when you first see that Puss in Boots is going, you know, he's a, a wanted man, mm-hmm. and this dude starts talking about the magic beans. He's, like, taking off different parts of his clothes to show up, like, like, a crappy goose tattoo. Yeah, I missed that and... the
0: first time. I actually had to watch this movie twice because I watched it while I was at home sick by myself, and then I told my kids I watched, hey, I watched this movie about cat. These this cat they're like, oh, we want to watch it, so I watched it when I got like, home oh, again. So I picked that up the second time. <coughs> I didn't. I, it I was on was in the just... background. I've been reading. I've been reading Crisis on Infinite Earth, so like I just read that while it was on, and like nice. picked up the extra things. So
1: <laughs> it was weird, man. Yeah. It,
0: there, that that
1: kind of epitomized how weird it was. Not like Shrek. Shrek was goofy yeah. and fun. Weird. This was just like.
0: This like tried uh-huh. too hard to be. Weird like to give you that gross out humor without the gross out character. Like Shrek is the gross out character, so you can have him do those yeah, kind of gross out things. He's an ogre. But they don't <laughs> they don't have that go to character here, so they just try to squeeze it in another place where it didn't really fit. Um But we also get somewhat of the origin of Kitty Softpaws where she talks about how she had a family and they trimmed her claws, and she talks about there was a hamster. She definitely killed that hamster.
1: Yeah, murdered the shit out of him. It's it's too bad. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: One hundred percent killed that hamster, and that's why she got declawed. Um, and then that conversation ends with Puss saying cat people are crazy, which I could not agree with more. Sorry, Nick. Hey, bro, I am not fucking crazy. And, I mean, cat I people are weird. Dude, not...
1: cats are cats are pretty cool. Mine is a dick though. I I know I've mentioned it beforehand, but Every time I get on to record, he takes a massive shit. So I have to sit here. It's <laughs> funny, <laughs> so, and he just doesn't bury it. So he it's like, it. you know, yep. you are, you are one sadistic fuck. Yep. It's a power move. So then we get, this movie was full of them.
0: They get the golden goose, they get the egg, everything they need. and Then we get the twist, right? And the twist is that Humpty has set up Puss in Boots. He, uh, he's Basically, set up Puss in Boots to be the bad guy here. He leaves him out to dry. Uh, Jack and Jill appear to have stolen from them, and Puss in Boots is left out in the desert. And I don't really get why he went. Like, the twist is too elaborate for this child's movie, right? Yeah. So they go through all the stuff to steal the beans. And to get the golden goose egg and all of that, because what's going to happen is they steal the golden goose, and now the mama goose from up on the beanstalk is going to be pissed, and she's going to come destroy the city. And Humpty is setting up Puss in Boots because Puss in Boots loves this city and doesn't want it to be destroyed. So basically, he's doing this thing where he takes away the things that Puss in Boots loves in destroying the city and the orphanage and all of that, right? But to get there, he – which I I get that part of their event. But the the steps to get there were too much for me. Like why go out of your way to recruit Puss in Boots to help you get the egg? Humpty Dumpty already owned the magic beans. He hired Jack and Jill. They didn't have to steal them from Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill were his employees. He hired the people at the bar to get Puss in Boots into the situation. Like just steal the – just – Grow the beanstalk, steal the fucking goose, and put it in the city, and Puss was already in the city. You, Problem solved? You, yeah. You, you could cut out like six steps.
1: Or an hour and 12 minutes of this movie.
0: Like Humpty Dumpty, his whole life, all he's wanted is these beans to go up the beanstalk and get his golden egg, and now he puts that off for six months to set up this elaborate thing to trick Puss in Boots? Why do you need to trick him? Just get him in the city and kill him like the rest of the people.
1: Revenge. These villains. Is- I don't get it. Fucking eggs, they're dumb. I mean, yeah. how many fucking breakfast jokes were there? I smell
0: breakfast. Yeah, a lot of breakfast jokes, which was a little out of place. We got one uh, catnip equals marijuana joke. Um, They were ragging on each other. It was pretty good, though. Humpty turns out have... to be a golden egg in the end, and the mama goose takes him back to up the beanstalk or whatever. That was kind of weird.
1: Is he just like a,
0: a mutated...
1: Egg, like what the fuck?
0: Well, he he broke at the end, right? And all the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't put Humpty back together again. Which I don't know, why don't why don't all the king's horses and all the king's men come to try and help Humpty when he breaks? That's part of his fucking story. We need to see that. Whatever it doesn't happen. Um, and so he's just lying there, and he turns out to be a golden goose and or not a golden goose, a golden egg, and the mama goose picks him up and takes him back, which is a weird thing.
1: It was a very weird thing because it just got me thinking like, is he a sentient? You know, the the goose chick or whatever that lays the golden eggs is not literate and does not speak and cannot nope. plan and all this crazy shit. So, you know, what came first?
0: Yeah. Goose or the Well, egg? And so, all those other golden eggs, are they going to grow up to be sentient like Humpty was? Because he was shitting out a lot of fucking golden eggs. Yeah, a lot of a golden lot. eggs.
1: legs. At one time, Humpty says, coming, you know, C- or come one, come all, or some shit. You just handing them out gold. to people in town, man. Yeah, hot, fresh gold. And it's like, literally, as soon as it comes out of this chick's butt, goes
0: into people's hands. It's like, yeah. you filthy bastards. All you guys are sickos. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the whole golden eggs. But, you know, this movie's not made for me, I guess. So, final thoughts. Overall thoughts on the movie. And, and rating.
1: I, I mean, it was okay. I definitely will not watch it under my own uh, ambitions as an adult. So because luckily, it's not fun. my
0: kids didn't fucking pay attention to it. So I can delete it off my hard drive and they'll never even remember that we had it. So that's it,
1: exactly. Nice. I may use it to entertain my daughter in the future.
0: Uh, but she if, really wasn't having any of it when I tried to watch it. If they get to the point where they like Shrek and they like... Puss some Boots, then I'll I'll try and bring it back in. Like if they like the Puss and Boots character in Shrek Two, then I'll be like, okay, here's this whole movie. That's here's not so obscure. Yeah. Piece of shit. Try to. <laughs> Kids it's not love really piece of, piece of shit, shit movies.
1: Dude, they really fucking do. And the worst ones they just love watching over and
0: over. Check out a movie called Rock Dog. It's it. It's not good. It's weird. Very weird. Um, it's not bad. It's not good though. Dude, I
1: tried re- re-watching Beetleborgs, which was, like, my thing as a kid. Is rough. Dude, that yeah, is VR rough. Troopers is super rough. I
0: haven't gone back down VR Troopers, but I, I did the same thing with Beetleborgs, because I, I remember, like, Flabbergast, and they all had, like, the cool uh, different things that they do to use their powers or whatever when they're not in their suits, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, Beetleborgs is so cool. no it's fucking rough. Yeah, they're all very, very, very Very, rough. very rough uh does not hold up power rangers like a little bit does because they don't focus on the people enough like they get right into the monster and going into things and and fighting which my kid it was my birthday last week my older daughter finally watched power rangers with me she said she kind of liked it she likes the pink ranger so we're good to go there
1: hell yeah which which one was it was it the movie or the tv
0: show i did so i figured um a shorter (laughs) instance would help so i picked one that focused on the pink ranger because i knew she would be her favorite because one she's the prettiest and two she's the pink one (laughs) exactly Uh, and because my older daughter likes that stuff she like she always is drawn to the pretty girl and whatever thing we're watching and so like i knew that she would like that so i picked one it was uh the monster was like some flower monster and kimberly was trying to build a float for a unity parade or some shit like that Um, but yeah, she was into it. She like went and grabbed a sword, like a foam sword out of the playroom and was like fighting along with the power rangers and doing all the acrobatics and stuff. And so, so so then we watched a second one and like while the song is on, you know, how they do the character intros and Mm -hmm. Kimberly's, she kind of like looks at the screen and kind of flips her hair and like does this weird kind of shoulder roll thing. My daughter tried to like mimic that. So like, she was really into that. Aww. And she was like, after the second one, she was like, okay, I, I think I'm done with this. I'm going to do something else now. I'm like, that's fine. See you. I, can't, I need to rewatch the movie again. The movie's a little tough because it has very bad CGI, but uh, it's fun. I, I love it. I, I think at some point I will do the movie with her. I just didn't want it, that to be the introduction point because it's much longer. It's I mean, it's only an hour and a half, but it, I know she can make it through 20 minutes of paying attention. I didn't know that she'd make it through an hour and a half. And there are some, for a five-year-old, kind of scary parts. Like the, the bird things, and Ivan ooze can be a little creepy. So I, like, I I wanted to try and stay away from something that would be actually scary. And she's pretty easily scared, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was that movie. But my thoughts on this movie is it, it's fine for a kid's movie. It's not deep in any way. They use a cheap twist because kids will think it's super cool, but, like, it's just – it's simple. It's nowhere near as good as the Shrek movies. Um, It does its best. It doesn't try too hard um, ever to, like, to blow your mind on anything. And there were, like we said, I generally laughed a few times at something. But I wouldn't watch it again, kind of like you said. Um, I, I don't, I would never mind it being on in the background. It wasn't that kind of annoying movie. It, it would just be nonsense noise in the background. I wouldn't even notice it really. Um, there are a lot of bad kids movies out there and this isn't that. So yeah, that's not good. That bad. It's I gave bad. it a 6.3 out of 10. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I was, I, I'll go with that. I'll match your gonna score. you take mine. All right. So let's pick, do we have anything else on Puss and Boots? no oh thank god so let's pick (laughs) next month's movie we have 475 possibilities in november we're going to the random number generator 271 thank you for the sound dun 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 rumple stiltskin 1995 87 minutes long Let's look that up real quick. Oh
1: my god damn. In 1995
0: too. Staying in fairy tale World. That's okay. We'll have definitely a Star Wars movie in December. So that'll be nice. Oh, it is a comedy horror. Comedy fantasy horror. So that's okay. That sounds really... Oh my god. 4.10. 4.5 4.5 out of 10 on imdb
1: 2.6 out
0: of 10 oh my god in the 1400s Stilskin is imprisoned inside a small jade figurine in modern day los angeles The recently widowed wife of a police officer with a baby in tow finds her way into a witch's shop and purchases a certain figure resulting in the cackling beast being freed and demanding possession of the bait
1: Whew. so here's a fun fact uh, for this movie Its budget was $3 million, and its box office was $306,494.
0: Looking at the top-billed cast, there's about 20 people listed on the front page of IMDb. I'm not clicking show more. I don't know a single one of them. Awesome. Let me see if I can find it on, because there's there's one more out. If I can't find it on Netflix DVD, then we can skip it.
1: There's still Tommy Blaze. There's literally a guy's name in this movie. I feel like he's the a Tommy professional Blaze. wrestler
0: or something.
1: He has a Facebook.
0: What a gentleman. I don't even know how to spell. I would not pass Rumpelstiltskin's test. I cannot spell it. Oh, no results. Gonna have to repick. Sweet, thank God. We're not looking forward to Tommy Blaze and Rumpelstiltskin, huh? All right. Nope, the only one found was a 1987 version, which is not the version we selected on. No. Alright, so we're going to delete that from the list. <laughs> and now. 4-7. Do it again. 147. Toy Story 2! Yes, yes. <coughs> I've seen that movie
1: I have seen that
0: movie too But I don't give a fuck It's been like 10 years Oh we watch it all the time My kids are all in on the Toy Story My Both Toy of Story them forever. Older daughter for Halloween is going to be Bo Peep And younger daughter is going to be Jesse No So we got a Toy Story Halloween on The Disney Cruise ship So it's going to be a good time Nice I right. think we're going to
1: dress my daughter up as a monkey, and oh, I'm going to be a, a banana. One.
0: See, you're lucky up north up there, where you can actually use the, like, uh, the kind of all – the, all the baby costumes are, like, fleece. And in Florida, yeah. you can't dress a baby in fleece in October because it's still 90 degrees outside.
1: Yeah, no thanks. It was – it sounded like 40 – a 40 yeah. 38 to 40 it was 38 when i got up this morning and it got up to 66 this afternoon oh
0: that's that's a beautiful day fuck no dude
1: that's cold as a
0: bitch oh, that's a great day all right so toy story 2 next month thank you for listening thank you for being a patron i'm excited for toy story 2 thanks for stopping by hey!